Welcome to Christian Warrior Talk, proudly presented by Christian Warrior Mission. Hosted by former Navy SEAL, SWAT officer, and atheist, now a warrior for Jesus Christ, Pastor Jason Perry. This is more than just a podcast. It's a spiritual vanguard where we intentionally set aside the hustle of our daily lives to come together. We gather to study the Bible, share in heartfelt prayer, and engage in meaningful discussions about all things Christian, homesteading, prepping, and self-defense. Lock shields with us, and together, we will hold the line. And now, let's meet your host, Pastor Jason Perry. It's always a time for action, in my opinion. And you're, you were made in God's image to be an instrument of God. And if you're sitting on the damn sidelines, you're wasted. You mind, you've quit, you've wasted. And, you know, Abraham Lincoln didn't sit on the sidelines. George Washington didn't sit on the sidelines. Martin Luther didn't sit on the sidelines, right? The pilgrims didn't sit on the sidelines. Jesus didn't sit on the sidelines all the way back. These, they, they got involved. They had to do... They were the catalysts of these times, and that's what we need to be for, for in every one of our families, every one of our communities, every one of our churches. That's what we need to be. You are listening to Patriot Crusader Mission, where Christian warriors are forged. Sponsored by Patriot Crusader Mission Patreon page. Join us and become the Christian warrior you are called to be. Strengthen on us, strengthen on us, strengthen on us. I have my signal. Unleash hell. Do or do not. There is no try. All right, everyone. Um, I want to welcome back to the program my longtime dear friend, um, Ken Graves, and um, my pastor as well to uh, the Patriot Crusader Mission podcast, and we're tr- trying to call these ones that Ken's on biblical life support, BLS, a little bit of, um, you know, a little kind of take on the medical term, basic life support. We figured biblical life support because um, that's even more important, right, um, is to be, you know, your walk with God. And, you know, my goal for this new live version of this with Ken is to take questions from you. I have some as well. And Ken's not afraid to answer the hardest questions. I think that, you know, the the weak pastors out there do a lot of harm by not going at the hard questions, um, by not answering those challenges, because every one of those questions answered is another soul saved, in my opinion, because yeah. people, those, those are the stumbling blocks that we all face in the end, right? When we're yeah. coming to Christ as a, you know, you found faith very young, but as a former atheist, myself and Lauren talk about this stuff all the time, you know, how to reach people that were like us, because that's what our testimony is uh, for, is to reach people like us that relate to us, that speak my language. So I figured having you on yeah. here, and even for believers who are on here to reaffirm their faith, because I know that particularly after this election, there's a lot of people who are very shaken right now. Um, and, yeah. I, and I think we need to kind of go at that. And those are the questions that I wanted to go at first. So, so Ken, um, you know, I've been dealing with a lot of um, a lot of frustrated people online Um you know, in our, in my community, in my circle over the election. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who felt like more people praying to God than ever. 
um, they believe, you know, um, on a given subject. And they're kind of a lot of them are shaking yet. And I, you know, I'm trying to hold the line with them and I'm trying to tell them, I'm like, hey, listen, God wouldn't do this easy if he was going to do it at all. He's not going to do it where it's going to be, hey, yeah, we won on election night now, and and then this little scuffle. It's going to be, I believe it would be something miraculous. That's not saying that he's going to. And I know I've been watching your sermon saying that you know what he likes to do. But my my question is, you know, and, and well, there's a, there's a lot of, um, it's a multifaceted question that we could spend 10 podcasts talking about, but we'll start on this, is prayer. When prayer goes unanswered or when prayer, um, you know, I've heard people say that prayer comes in three forms. No, not yet. And yes. Right. And I don't know if that's directly true or not. And then, you know, how to understand, you know, God's will and all this and, and then what we do with God's will. So one, you know, what is your take and how are you handling? Cause I know you went all in on this. I mean, you've been fasting and praying and doing everything in your congregation. And, you know, I know a lot of pastors have been banding together and there's a lot of information and what do you do at the appearance of evil winning right now? The biggest mysteries in life are all uh, connected to the issue of human will. <clears throat> the biggest things that baffle us are those things that involve free moral agency. The, the, the fact that God has given free will to humanity creates the, the big mysteries. I mean, there's a, a lot of things that we pray for, we pray about. I believe God did answer our prayers with regard to giving our guy a clear message and his being able to get his message out. I believe that people on our side, acted as they should, <clears throat> and they did according to the rules what they were supposed to do. But we, if in fact um, we experience defeat, we are experiencing that defeat at the hands of cheaters and fraud and theft and, and lies and deception. And those people who are engaged in all of that um, they have the freedom, that free moral agency to do those things. And, you know, God uh, allows them to choose and that God is going to honor their choices and, in fact, reward them according to their choices eternally. So, the you know, with regard to our prayers, what did we pray? We prayed for victory. We, we prayed that, that more of us would turn out and we would reelect our president. I think most of us are pretty sure that happened and that God did answer our prayer. And we did, in fact, show up in greater numbers. We persuaded that we rallied. We had bigger rallies. That candidate, our president, was the hardest working human I've ever seen in politics. He was everywhere. A man of his age. He was unstoppable. And, and the crowds, you saw the vastness of the yeah. crowds. The success of the campaign, getting the message out, the energy rallying everybody, we, we did, in fact, win. Now, the other issue is that it's being stolen. And I think all of us agree. I, I can't imagine anybody in your audience not believing that it was stolen, that fraud was the means to victory for 
Joe Biden's campaign. I mean, you get all of those swing states, all six of them shutting down the count, shutting down the count. And then when the count resumes, what do you know? Yeah. You'd have to be an absolute fool to believe in statistical impossibilities to think that that could have actually happened. Everybody knows. I, I believe even the, the left, even the people who keep repeating um, those, you know, disinformation, unfounded, no evidence. All of those people know better. So what we're, we're witnessing here is a great evil. The question is, how do we respond to this great evil? That's the thing we're going to be dealing with. Because I, I don't have a crisis, personally. I don't have a problem in, in my own heart going, well, God did not answer our prayer. Well, actually, I, I believe God did answer our prayers. And I was amazed. I think President Donald Trump won with greater numbers than anybody ever. The biggest landslide in our lifetime, if not in American history. So it's what's going on now that that actually reveals the corruption, the corruption in our states, the corruption in our state legislators, legislatures, the, the corruption in our judicial system. That is put on full display. And the league between all of that and mass media companies, all of the news outlets and big tech, all of it to censor the truth, um, it's on display. It couldn't be. It's undeniable. So we have to deal with one thing at a time. And, and with regard to that, your first question, Jay, I, I don't have a crisis like, wow, God did not answer our prayers and God was not with us. He was and still is with us. <clears throat> now we all have to process prayerfully how are we going to deal with this what do we do now yeah and that's i've seen a lot of quitters already and nothing makes me angrier than christian quitters because they have the ultimate they have the ultimate alibi to quit it's god's will so i'm just going to sit on my couch and i'm not going to do anything right right if i hear that right. one god, more time, it, my, my head's going to explode <laughs> it's like saying it's god's will that somebody came and abducted my children it happened therefore it was god's will that's fatalism yeah, it's 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 absolutely terrible. And everyone says, you know, well, what can we do? Civil war is insane. And I go, I don't know if one, I don't want that. Right? I'm not calling for civil right. war. That's the last option in, in in any type of thing. But to stand by while injustice is done and do nothing is to makes makes us complicit and cowards, in my opinion. Right? Mm -hmm. It makes us complicit and it makes us cowards to watch people. Mm -hmm you know, murdering babies and not doing anything to watch people, you know, molest, you know, watch molesting children, watch people like the people, people understand we are the last corner of the earth where, where God's will is still thriving. Right. And if we lose this election this way, it will never be the same. It will never – it is gone. There is nowhere else to flee to. There's no more places for the pilgrims to go. There's nothing. And that's why I really feel like this is an unprecedented time for this to, to, to happen. And I, and I just don't think people understand that we need to get up and do something. We need to figure out what that something is very soon. Prayer is one thing, but we need to do – we're not passive in this story. Christian Warrior Talk is sponsored by Trident Shield, your trusted ally in violence preparedness. 
Trident Shield safeguards your loved ones with expert training and consulting. Trident Shield, defending faith through preparedness, because together we save lives. No, nor are we victims either. Yeah. No, I, but as to what do we do? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I see only two things. And I see those two things that are being done primarily. Number one, and I really mean this, is that we pray. And, and I mean really pray. That all of us should be praying more desperate prayers. <clears throat> I, I do believe that the time for praying is so not over. It's just turned up and accelerated that we need to pray desperate prayers, that we need to make our appeal to God, our appeal to heaven, that we ought to be doing that. The second thing, and you see it being done, uh, is that we've got to now speak the truth. We've got to cry the truth out. We've got to shout the truth. We've got to be continually pointing out the truth and confronting the deception. Can I speak to you real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. There's a tactic that the left uses, and I see it constantly. They shout something loud enough, and then you get tired def- you know, defending it or countering it. And when you stop doing that, it becomes the accepted fact. And then everything you say after that, because it's it by you not fighting it, it shows consensus and it shows com, you know that you're complicit. So they wear you down, they wear you down, and they wear you down, and they try to make you look irrational. And that is what I see countless Christians do. If I see one more person sit there and say, "There's no evidence. I'm not seeing any evidence." I you know we have two. Um, you know, a friend of mine knows two of the delegates here in Virginia saying that there's no evidence. They're lawyers and they see no evidence. They've gone through the points. And I'm just like, what What about the thousands of affidavits? What about, and I, and I just start pointing out evidence after evidence. Have you seen it? Because they, there hasn't been a court case yet. No one's heard this. Right. So that's my point, is that we continue to put that truth out there continue to lay out the statistical improbabilities. We continue to quote the experts. We continue to quote the witnesses. One of the things I've observed that uh, Kelly McEnany has been doing, I've also observed Tucker Carlson doing. Okay, all of you guys, they'll, they'll show the clips of all of those news anchors from those news agencies saying, this Hunter Biden scandal, this is Russian disinformation, no story. This is all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Now that the election's over, the same exact news source is going, no, there is an investigation. No, there is actually something to this. So pointing that out, showing this guy, here's your quote then, here's your quote now. You actually suppressed that story in order to affect this election. And throwing the light on it, continuing to, to uh, expose that kind of deception, I think is the thing that we have to do. We have to do that individually. We've got to do it with every outlet media that we actually have. So I really think that what we're in and have always been in is a truth versus deception war. That is the conflict that we are in. And our primary weapon is the truth. Yeah. And I I completely agree with you on that. And the problem is, is is that we're the deck is so stacked against us that it wears the weak of us down. Like literally you can see the, you can see the herd falling away with the avalanche of, of this information that's put out on them. Now, 
There is, there, I mean, there is a lot of untrue things going around from from our side too. You know, we've all, oh, yeah. we've all come across it. And what people need to understand is this: just is like the China is very much involved in this. The, our number yep. one enemy is a hundred percent involved in this. They have been buying yep. politicians like Swalwell since they were counselors, right? Since they mm-hmm. were. Baby-faced counselors, and that guy was running for president. Imagine that. Handled by Fang Fang, literally. And then being put in off. I mean, it's just absolutely mind-blowing when you think of how they almost had that much. That's just one guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they are going to be putting out disinformation to try to discredit it. So we have to be careful what we put out to the masses so we don't become so they don't start sharing literally the things that we're sharing. Well, where was this Hunter Biden? And then they're like, well, you said, you know, whatever, whatever crazy conspiracy thing came up and go with the things that are. Yeah. Right. And the hard thing is, is that who do you trust anymore? Right. And the Epic Times has been right on pretty much everything that I've seen so far. And that yeah, they're, they're a great source. Yeah. They have been my go to. I miss the lazy yeah. days of turning on Fox and being able to get all my stuff with you. spoon fed to me. And- Those days are gone. Yeah, but yep. they're gone now. And, you know, I've been watching OAN, I've been watching Newsmax, but so much of it is just opinion. I, I miss news news. I'm with you. You know, where are you going? Have you, have you, heard, have, that? Have you heard the one? Uh, so much right now on <laughs> World Wide Web. In the, in the climate where everybody now knows is the major news sources cannot be trusted, and they're looking for trustworthy sources. Oh, my goodness. In that, um, that has provided an opportunity for a lot of weirdos to do a lot of things. Have you heard the one where supposedly 50,000 Chinese were killed just off the coast of Maine? And yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the public was told it was an earthquake. You heard that one? Yeah, it's craziness, man. It's just. And so, you know, it's, it's on that level. Somebody asked me, how do you know? How do you know when, uh, you know, what to trust? And I said, well, listen, part of, part of the way you know is when it's on the level of uh, war of the worlds, you ought to be a little suspicious. I, I don't think anybody's going to, an explosion killing 50,000 Chinese off the coast of Maine is going to be that easy to, to conceal or, or suppress. This, the, the outrageous now. Uh, in the pseudo sort of news information on the World Wide Web is, 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 as you have said, a big threat in the truth versus deception war. Yeah, yeah. There are people that are on the, on the right. And you've heard those who've said, oh, this is a, this is a sting operation. Yeah. That's all this was. Yeah. Well, you know, that may be the, I mean, there may be the case out there. I don't believe it's the case. I only see one one way this goes forward right now. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, but the only way that I think Trump goes, goes <clears throat> state remains in power right now is literally he declares a state of emergency, says right. that foreign agents, both foreign or agents, both foreign and domestic, right. undermined our thing, and 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 that's and true. And the case can be made. And the case can be made that we have been so compromised right. and, I, and that he invokes the Insurrection Act. That that could happen. 
Yeah. And but, you know, even that's not going to be without violence. No, there, there is going to be violence. And the, and the main thing I wanted to talk <clears> about <throat> today, because this sitting by and being a passive player, um, you know, and just throwing your hands up and that's God's will. And, and I'm just supposed to do X. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, particularly you, you look throughout the Bible and there was a lot of, they were active participants. Okay. They didn't sit by and just let God do everything for them. And I just feel like in our spoiled, entitled, comfortable, you know, naive society that we are now that we just think that because we've been gifted with power, running water, heat, everything provided for us, a million safety nets that God's just going to be our next safety net and that we don't have to do anything to earn our freedom. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And at the same time, when we look to the scripture, we find here in the Bible that there are great heroes who, you know, God used um, to win the freedom for his people against the many, against outrageous odds. Their stories are here in the scriptures. But in the same, in the same Bible, the stories of Daniel or the stories of Jeremiah the other prophets who, oh, Jeremiah is a classic example. He kept continually warning them, as the other prophets did. What's going to happen if we continue in this course, if we continue nationally going down this road, we're going to be defeated. We're going to be conquered. And sure enough, they, they, they disregarded Jeremiah's message and the other prophets. They persecuted them. They threw Jeremiah into a dungeon. And, and uh, more than one occasion in Scripture, where tyranny actually did happen, where it came as a form of judgment against God's people. And, you know, the prophets, they get to experience that. They get to go through it along with their nation. The uh, Babylonian captivity for the nation of Israel, 70 years. Uh, You know, Daniel's whole story happens basically within that 70 years in exile, in Babylon. But God is still with him. So I don't know what's going to happen here, Jay. I keep saying I know what God likes to do, how he really likes to take action, step in and intervene when it looks absolutely impossible. And there's no human answer. I don't know what he's going to do. I know that the corruption, as you have rightly stated, in our government is so profound. The tentacles have gone so far. Who is there that isn't compromised? In our government, and you know the Republican Party, big disappointment, aren't they? In this, in all of this, because so many of them were okay with things the way they were. So many of them have been bought. Jay, our own seminaries, where ministers are trained here in America, have been bought with George Soros money. Uh, China Soros, you got the whole globalist agenda buying the nation. <clears throat> What's going to happen? I don't know. I, I don't know if uh, if this comes as the form of judgment against our nation that you know God allows us to go our own way. I only know that no matter what happens, I have an obligation to continue to pray for my nation and to trust God to be at work in this nation. And at the same time, I've got an obligation to stand up and speak the truth, no matter what it costs me. And um, this has been that kind of year where I have had to deal with the the awareness of the possibility of incarceration. And our current fight against our state government, 
our governor. I've been dealing with that. And this is not the first time. I remember I had to deal with this as a minister. And, and I don't know where you were. I think, you know, you were, you were in the ministry of military back when Obama, with his agenda, came to power. And I was, I've been in this position before, the one I'm in right now, where I realize that the man who may be coming to power is somebody who is going to outlaw my speech. He is going to outlaw portions of this book. And I'm looking at persecution. I'm looking at potential of the loss of my home, property, and personal incarceration. I know all of that is it's not theoretical. It's happened already in other countries. The, the same sort of uh, European uh, stupid, the same kind of globalist, you know, Justin Trudeau kind of thought is coming to the seats of power in America. So, but my, my duty doesn't change. I have an obligation to stand and speak no matter what it costs. And I think you laid out something there because everyone takes this to the 10th power. They take it all the way to the end, which is civil war. There's a lot before that. And it's speaking truth and it's not tolerating and allowing this to be a one-sided argument where we're not defending it every inch of truth. You must defend yeah. every inch of truth. Every truth that you that they every lie they say that you don't challenge, they yep. then push is truth. That is their playbook. I've seen it countless times over and over and mm -hmm. over and over again. To then all of a sudden everyone thinks of what they're saying because you're not gonna stand up and fight. It. And then when you've been silent so long and then you finally stand up and say, it's like what are you talking about that's a known fact right yeah. you know it's like the evolution <laughs> right. lie it's the evolution lie yeah. over and over again right. it's it's all those <laughs> things that have become that have that have taken god out of everything that we do which is <laughs> you know how a christian can vote for the wholesale slaughter of the unborn i you know that lie started somewhere it wasn't there in the 50s right, right. you know when we lost our schools in the 60s and 70s when church ladies stopped teaching and nuns stopped teaching and <clears throat> hippie chicks started teaching. And that's where the end of, that's where what got us in this place. So, you know, the, the, you know, we got some questions on time. Like one said, Lauren said, how do we distinguish between a time for prayer and a time for action and knowing what actions are in line with Christ? And then, um, you know, then there's just some commentary right now. And if you guys have other questions, there's a lot of commentary where people are agreeing with us on there. Um, so, yep. you know, the, the, if I may, you know, say a little bit and then I'll throw it over to you. There, it's always a time for action, in my opinion. And uh, you were made in God's image to be an instrument of God. And if you're sitting on the damn sidelines, you're wasted. You might, you've quit, mm -hmm. you've wasted. And, you know... Abraham Lincoln didn't sit on the sidelines. George Washington didn't sit on the sidelines. Martin Luther didn't sit on the sidelines, right? The pilgrims didn't sit on the sidelines. Jesus didn't sit on the sidelines all the way back. These, they, they got involved. They had to do, they were the catalysts of these times. And that's what we need to be for, for in every one of our families, every one of our communities, every one of our Churches, that's what we need to be. You're that wherever you go, Ken, that truth is, and you are fighting that battle at great cost, you know, to you. I mean, I've heard you guys labeled as a cult. I've heard you labeled all kinds of things because you do not leave the lies go unchallenged to 
you don't you don't care if you offend somebody in the audience. Truth yeah. doesn't care if you're offended. I'm with, with regard to the question. When you know it's a time to pray, and when you know it's time for action, I think we do both. It's always a time for prayer, and it's always a time for for action. I don't think anybody should just pray, but the other action is that we confront lives, that we stand up to it, that we resist it, and that we speak the truth, and we continue to shine the light upon it. I, um, I remember in the spring, you were around then, up here, when the orders were, you're going to be six months in jail, and, uh, and you're going to have to deal with fines if you violate these governor's orders. And there's, there was a couple of weeks where we complied where we, um, as a church, um, didn't gather in great numbers, just a few of us gathered. And then things became more obvious. I spent, I spent several sleepless nights agonizing over when is it time to openly defy this governor. And, and when I do that, am I, am I willing to, to uh, pay the cost? And I had to really sit down, even with my 14-year-old son, and talk about, well, at the time he was 13, and talk about the logistical, practical realities if dad's got to go away for a while, uh, the things that are going to have to come on you, responsibilities you have to take. That was no simple process. But it also didn't, I, I wasn't going to be stuck in analysis paralysis either. There's a point where uh, you just got to, the, the old-time Christians used to have an expression, they talked about this as praying through on a matter. You know, you just got to go get with God and pray through. <clears throat> and um, there are times when we have to do the same. We just got to pray through and settle it. And then it's time to step up and, and be publicly uh, take the action. I, I had to step up in public defiance and then bring a legal suit against the governor. And, and as you have said, we are loved and respected for it, and we are hated for it. I have been, for all of my adult life, right here in this community, serving, helping any way I can. I, I have been involved with every crisis or every drug addict. I, I'm dealing with, well, you know, yep. we're, turning, we're turning criminals into law-abiding citizens. We've been doing that for decades. And now all of a sudden, I am spoken of as a threat to public health. Here, I'm a menace. I'm I'm a cult cult leader. I'm a, another Jim Jones. I'm a, a dangerous. Somebody has to be dealt with. <clears throat> well, those are just words. Oh, jolly well, you you have to stand on what you know is true and right, and stand there no matter what people say. And people are going to say things, run their mouths. But I, I believe that every single generation of believers finds themselves in a similar position where, you know, if you're Dietrich Bonhoeffer, that's the 1930s, and you know that stepping up and speaking out against Hitler and his, uh, his agenda and the Third Reich is going to cost you. But you know Bonhoeffer had to weigh that all out. Martin Niemöller. Martin Niemöller, uh, you know, sub-commander. He was a hero of the nation from the First World War. And then, you know, he, he ends up in ministry. He's the pastor. And, and sure enough, he speaks out against 
Hitler, against the Nazi movement. And eventually they came from it. As you can imagine, they would. They had their Gestapo in his service taking notes until they finally built the case. And then they take him into custody. They throw him in uh, the jail, the Moab jail. They throw him in jail. And there is Martin Niemöller in his clerical uh, suit. When the morning, when the jail chaplain came in in the morning, seeing him in there with prostitutes and drunkards and locked up and asked him, my dear brother, why are you in here? And Martin Niemöller's answer was, my dear brother, in light of all that's happening to our nation, why are you not in here with me? That's, that's, that's extremely powerful. Um, you know, and that's, you know, I, I want to speak out on your courageous because you risked everything. Um, you risked your followers, you know, you risked your livelihood, you risked incarceration, you risked everything by keeping Calvary Chapel Bangor open. And I don't, there's not a lot of people who've done that, right? There has been a few, you know, a few of them in Calvary, but you were one of the first, and, you know, to, to, to face that, whereas the rest of us, yeah, the people have been shut down, this and that, or they haven't had a choice. You are in defiance of everything, just like the gym owner who's getting fined, you know, I don't even know, $10,000 a day in Jersey. And, you know, it, yeah. he's got millions of dollars and all that. And I just, you know, I just want to salute you for, for doing that. And that is an example of action, right? Where you did what you believed to be correct deep down in your bones. You did not take it lightly. You took it to prayer. You thought about it. You had sleepless nights. And then you had to make a decision when you acted. You didn't do like everyone else and just sit around. Just sit around. No, you cannot. No, yeah, absolutely. So with, the, with, with regard to the question, when, is, when do we know? Each one of us asks the same question. When we're in the um, <clears throat> that sort of circumstance, we all find ourselves going, what, is it time, God? Is it time to step up? When is it time? We all individually have to sort that one out and pray through. It, it, I'll tell you something, Jay. It's cost me way less than it has cost um, Pastor Michael McClure, a good friend of mine, Pastor Kevin Chapel San Jose, yeah. has been held in contempt of court and fined. The fines are now um, creeping up on a million dollars. Wow. And, um, you know, he continues to stand humbly and obediently. And, uh, you know, in, in San Jose, man, up near you know, Northern California, where everyone's crazy. There's a guy standing against the current. His, his story is truly commendable, truly humbling. I've been blessed here. Uh, cost has been low. Yeah, but it, that's because everyone went all in with you, right? And I know they've gone all in with there, and California has its own unique challenges. Yep. You know, <clears throat> I mean, they, they have the worst governor Right, and then New York. And then, doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. That guy in New Jersey. And I, governors. Oh, they're the worst. But you got you got Whitmer. Yeah. And, and oh, Michigan. Oh, she's she she's infamous. So we have a. Quick she's uh, she's like, yeah. It, it, it's a tough contest. 
That's hard one to judge. So we have another question. This is a broader question than just the election God conversation, but it does pertain. What is the purpose of prayer when it comes to something that is God's will or plan? Do our desperate prayers change his mind? Is the prayer of one or a few less powerful than the prayers of many? With regard to the prayers of many versus the one, God hears them all, but he certainly does invite us to come together. In the, in the scriptures, the Lord Jesus says things like, if, you, if any of two of you can agree on earth is touching anything that they should ask, it should be done. He, he invites us to come together. So apparently there is, um, I don't know, more influence with God. But does God actually respond to our prayers? Does he, does he hear us? Well, all I can say is that I take him at his word. He in, made access for us to come, as it were, to his throne through prayer. We can actually come there with our petition. And we're taught to bring our petition. So I cannot believe that um, our petitions are irrelevant or a waste of time because everything's already been predetermined. I know it's foreknown by God, but I, I cannot believe that the God who says, come and, and, and bring your petition, the God, the God who tells us through the Apostle Paul, be full of anxiety about nothing, but be prayerful about everything, and the peace of God will guard your heart. Um, I, I do believe that this that God invites us to come and bring our request and make our appeal to Him, and that our prayers actually do influence God, and our prayers do affect His heart. And God's heart moves God's big hand, and God's big hand moves everything. So I, I I do actually believe I'm not see that that's another form of fatalism that. Um, some just think, hey, listen, it's all been predetermined, the script's already written, and we're all just acting on our part. <laughs> I, I know that God knows the future. I know that. But I also know that there are things that are in the future that can be affected by my prayers right now in the present. Just as in my life, I know there are things that have happened in my life that were the response of prayers prayed before I came. I mean, my old uh, life and ministry, the very fact that I'm a, I, that I am a believer and that God has found uh, a way to use me, calling me into ministry, wasn't because of the kind of challenge. In fact, it was, it was completely uh, contrary to the trajectory that my <clears throat> childhood had me on. But I remember a great-grandmother who had no other role to play in life. She didn't have the health to do anything other than sit in a chair and knit blankets with her Bible open and pray prayers. And she prayed all day long. And she prayed for me. I don't know if her prayers affected anybody but my life. When I look at my life and I think about the things that happened and the course trajectory that got altered, I have to believe that the prayers of that dear woman, and she had lived a hard life. She had married to a difficult uh, and godless man. But her final days, all I remember is that great-grandmother in prayer, and she was praying for all of us. Now, I don't, there's a lot of things I don't understand, but I look at my life, and I know that it was an answer to someone's prayers. I suspect they were her prayers. Yeah, I, I <clears throat> prayer is is a is a difficult 
thing for atheists to understand, right? Um, yeah. You know, as a former diehard atheist, it's it's a stumbling block for a lot of us because it appears that so many may or may not go unanswered, um, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it it's, there's just a lot of circular logic to get twisted up in there so i appreciate your your feedback on, on that one people, people are always jay people are always like where was god why does god let this why is god let that happen it's amazing how much the atheist obsess over god yeah. and what he's doing or not doing well and, you know, uh, I, I i you know i've always said I, I could never identify myself as my whole identity is not the result of what i don't believe like for example i don't believe in santa claus I couldn't identify myself as an anti-Santa Clausist. Right, right. That would be an obsession over something that doesn't that I don't exist. Believe in. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, it's it really can be um, very. Um, I mean, the atheists are the angriest people on the planet, and I know because I was one. Right. They are more upset at the fact and their way of thinking that there isn't a god, and that there should be, and that their idea of the god that fits their would they have this moral superiority that they think they have that God should be doing their will and not God's right. will. Right. But I want to get exactly. back. To, I want to get to prayer. And when some, when a lot of people say, you know, I pray for God's will to be done and then prayer that runs contrary to God's will, you know, particularly, you know, working my way through the old Testament, there are prayers and there are petitions to go against God's will in there to spare people. Right. God says he's going to do something. And then somebody, Moses, or somebody mm-hmm. else will sit there and he will make a plea right. and change God's mind. Yep. Right? So when everyone, right. like I hear some every, I hear some people say every prayer, you know, if they add this caveat, if it is your will, do this. Should people be adding that in or should they just be boldly asking God to do what they desperately we, need? It's legitimate. It is legitimate for us to do that because our king did it in, in Gethsemane. When he prays, if there's any other way, please let this cup pass from me. But then he says, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I think it's wisdom to, to pray that. And then this issue here, we are, we're dealing with, we're dealing with the, the free will of millions of Americans, or if not millions. We're definitely, when you look at the size of government, education, media, and all of that, we're dealing with, yeah, it's got to be millions. Millions of people have a will that they are imposing. And as I pray, um, you know, I have to acknowledge that that God has allowed them that freedom. That factors into my prayers. I don't know what they, the nation, is going to choose. I can pray, God, please, cause the truth to be known. I pray, God, please move upon the conscience of the conspirators that some of them would break and just be ashamed and come forward. I can pray those things, and I do pray those. But ultimately, I can't. It's like it's kind of like it's a waste of time for me to pray, God, make the nation be good. Make all the bad guys be good. Right. They're not going to be good. Right. They may continue on the road they're on and continue their evil, and God ultimately will judge them. And meanwhile... I got to stand. I got to stand against the evil. I got to speak out against them. I've got to continue to shine a light on it. I got to continue to to pray for everything that um, everything else. I mean, in other words, there are things. Let me give you an example, Jay. When I was um, a little boy 
And uh, my, my dad was kind of in and out of our lives. But then when the day came that my mother actually had to break the news to us, that our dad left us. He ain't coming back. He's gone. I heard it so deep. And uh, I, I instinctively cried out to God in prayer when I was alone. I was five, six years old, and I prayed. My prayer was, God, make it not be true. I remember I prayed that. I kept repeating it over and over while I was crying. Make it not be true. Make it not be true. Well, I didn't know. You know, as a little kid, that's a, a prayer that's not going to get answered. Right. But it's true. Reality's not going to change. I, you know, I, I grew to realize that, you know, i to pray differently. I, I can't pray, God, make it not be so. Make this not be true. Rewind. I don't like how the story's going. I, I, it happened. And then, you know, just a couple of years later, the announcement that your daddy's dead, now he's gone. Now he's definitely never coming back. Right. But at that point, I had, a, I had, a, I had realized, okay, it's true. And I can't pray, make it not be true. Right. I can't pray things today like, God, I pray. People do this. I pray that uh, Billy had a good trip yesterday. Yesterday's gone. <laughs> I, I can't be praying. I pray that he had a good trip yesterday. And then somebody else is going to get you know, deeper than they should and go, well, you know, God exists outside of time. So, so he, he might have answered your prayer yesterday. He knew he was going to pray today. I gotta go, All right, you're too deep for me. <laughs> so we have a question All for I us. Can, from a Scott here. Does the future depend on how much we rely on God? If we are faithful, there is one path. If we aren't, there is another. I guess I would have to agree with that. If we, it's a reality. If Joshua Chamberlain, if this guy right here, oh, you can't see him, too much glare. Yep. If this guy right here had not done his job, on Little Round Top at Gettysburg, if he had not stood with the, uh, you know, the 20th Maine, if, if he had said, um, you know, it's all going to pan out, there'd be no United States. That what he did was so significant. Historians tell us that if Little Round Top had been taken then the Union Army would have been flanked by the superior, the superior generalship of the Confederacy, and it would have been another, and probably among the last of the Confederate right. victories, the, the Union would have had the super peace, the, the Union would exist, the Confederacy would exist, and then whatever the West became, slavery would be expanded westward. There'd be, there wouldn't be a United States to confront uh, Japanese imperialism on one side, you know, the, the Nazi uh, evil on the other side. So it doesn't matter what we do. Yeah, we all have a sort of defining moment of life. But it is a reality that is, is rightly said. If we do our part, there's, there's blessing. There is going to be one outcome. If we don't do our part, there'll be a different outcome. Well, so all any of us mortals can do is just go, what am I, what am I supposed to do right here, right now? What is the stand I am supposed to take? What, what's my little round top? I think it's really important for people to understand how small of the number of, like, when you look at the scale of the population of a country or the scale yeah. of, you know, the population in the world, how few of people 
set that course in motion like how many people actually fought for the revolution for us to be free of england how many of us fought in the civil war on you know the north or the south to decide the fate of this how many of us fought in various wars around the world to decide things how many people went out and got osama bin laden how many people you know on and on and on it's a very small amount of people that define where the world is going and that exercise that profound influence yeah and right now on the darkness on the side of the darkness on the evil Mm -hmm. side the fewest amount of people are making the decisions i think than ever before Right, you have yep. the Bezoses, you have the yep. you know the Zuckerberg, you have you know you, you know the parties, and you know we as Christian warriors have a role to play in this. And I just I pray to dear Lord Jesus above that everyone doesn't pat, take the pacifist route into a, you know into nothingness by sitting on their couch and saying, Oh, well, it's God's plan. It's all going to work out. I don't have to do, I don't have to do anything. Have you, uh, have you, uh, listened to many of the lectures or read any of the work of Dr. Uh, David Grossman? I know some of David Grossman's work. I have not read through all of them, but I understand yeah. some of it. I've have seen some of his work. His, um, his whole thesis in, in what he calls killology is that all of humanity is divided up, sheep and wolves. That he, he points out, well, just with regard to crime, violent crime, 2% of the entire population are responsible for almost all the violent crime everywhere. Right. That's a really tiny minority. Yep. The vast majority of the population, Grossman's thesis puts them in the sheep category. They're, they just they go with the program. Right. They don't lead. They follow. They they just they go by the rules and they do what they're supposed to do. They don't even have the capacity to hurt their fellow human or exploit them. They're sheep. But there's a small number of wolves that prey upon the sheep. Grossman's thesis also says there's an even smaller portion of the population that he puts in the category of sheepdog, just like UJ, just like every other veteran, just like everybody who's, I mean, a career warrior. They're the guys who have the capacity to hurt people. They got the capacity to kill, but it's governed by their concern for the sheep. And he puts them in the category of the sheep dogs. That's the whole, yep. you know, that's the whole sort of doctrine of Grossman's thing, just with regard to you know life, and crime, and, and, a, and a society. But what you just said is uh, is, is profoundly true in light of that that there are a tiny group of wolves that are preying upon and driving the entire herd of the sheep. Off a cliff. And there's a, and exactly, the sheep will go right off the cliff, or they'll, they'll go right into the, the, uh, the pan, right into the fire. But the, the, the thing is, there is another group of people that have to stand against that. They also are in leadership. They're in politics. They are in ministry, they're in education, they speak and they must speak. They're in the military, they're in all of these different places where they've ended up because of their concern for the sheep, their concern for the nation. And um, you are so right, and in a particular way it is right now, is that little minority of wolves is 
seeking to manipulate the votes of that massive sheep flock. And they're being challenged by a little uh, minority of sheepdogs right. or shepherds. But, I, but think about that in light of scripture. God, God in Ezekiel chapter 34 would say, I am woe to the shepherds. I'm against the shepherds because the shepherds aren't doing what shepherds are supposed to do. And that's the, the sad reality in America is that the politician and the preacher, you know, the so-called princes, prophets, and priests, if they're all corrupt, then the sheep are exploited. That has been the case at, at various times in history, and it is the case right now. The, the, the ministers are corrupt. The, the government, the Republican Party's got enough corruption in it. it that, that the, uh, the reality is that we're in a place right now where we are a tinier minority than we have ever been because everybody's been bought. Bought or misled, right? So, yeah. you know, I wish I could go back in time and grab this vine of evil that's out there that's worked its way through its country, the untruth, the lies, and, and pull it from the ground because it's really contaminated everything we've done. So there's a few things that, you know, I want to wrap this up with, you know, takeaways and what I want people to be able to do from this. So there's a couple things that we have to do in speaking out, right? One, we have to show dissent that we are unhappy. We do not trust this election and it has to be an overwhelming number. It has to be 50 plus percent or close to 50% of the country mm -hmm. has to believe that something bad happened and all we want here is the talking point all we want is daylight and an investigation that we can all see that is the only right. way to avoid civil war it is the only way to avoid a bloodbath is to put it on tv show us let the cases be heard but they don't want us to see that they don't want us to see how the sausage is made because they're all going to be dirty they're all going to be dirty this isn't the only election that was interfered with. This isn't the only one. The fact that Democrats for decades have gone in there and said, you can, you know, in some states say you don't need ID to prove citizenship <clears throat> to vote. So now they have, they have fought that. Yep. But, you know, we, that's some, that's a hill we should have died on right then and there, but we didn't. Yes. Nope. You know, yeah, they, they have we, fought every effort. Every single effort to do voter ID has been defeated by the people that claim that that is designed by the right to disenfranchise voters. Yes, we want to disenfranchise illegitimate, illegal voters. Yeah, I, I really think, you know, that we have to... This election will be the last election like this. And at a minimum, whether our guy wins or not, Right, whether whether good wins or not, two things need to come out of this. There needs to be daylight, and we need to expose all the evidence. And we and anyone who lied during this needs to go to jail. Right? Yeah. If they if they are spinning these stories, they are literally actively working against our cohesion as their you know our country, and they are enemies of the state if they're doing that. They they need to go to jail Absolutely. on the right and left. If they're saying that SEAL Team Six went and arrested you know, Obama and everyone and all that stuff. And it turns out to be true. That was disinformation from where that source that started that needs to be held accountable. 
right? If yeah. it goes yeah. down the other way and CNN actively put out like the like everyone who said the Hunter Biden story was garbage. That was election manipulation. Mm-hmm. They need to be held in jail. Yes, it was. Them, right? Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of this, a voting system that is backed by a free ID, right, for every individual in this country that has mm-hmm. done, that can be traced to a paper ballot, that's traced to an ID, that only gets unlocked to know who cast that vote. There, ha- We have to be sure. able to show that. Ken Graves voted for X, right? And now with blockchain technology and all that stuff, we can do that, right? And that's Mm -hmm. what we need to be able to do so that there is ultimate tracking. Holy smokes, there's a ton of questions that just popped up. Hold on, let me, so I'll I'll let you, you know, elaborate on what I just said if you want. And I just, so Ken, all right, so Ken, leaving out the fact that it may be impossible to win a civil war, should we as Christians being blessed to live in the U.S. of A. and allowed to vote for our future as aliens to this world and ambassadors for Christ are not in the military Mm -hmm. as a government rep fighting in a kinetic war, killing others in the name of freedom and our Constitution? I'm a 27-year retired LEO and a four-year United States Air Force veteran, patriotic and not quitting. He's basically wondering if if it came to kinetic, can he be a Christian and do that? Um, if that's the only option left, actually fighting the war. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't think that. You know, we're we're the descendants of people who already did that. If there is a revolution, if another one is attempted, you know, we all will have to make the individual choice. Do I join it? or not and then joining it you have to deal with the possibility that it may fail or it may succeed it is it is a matter that you think about the revolution that happened when our freedom in america the the men who fought in it were the vast majority of them were not only christians they were they were they were uh, scholars of scripture. They were students of the word. They knew it well. That's how they were taught to read. The, yeah, exactly. And of the the vast majority of those who signed the Declaration of Independence that started that revolution were also um, not just Christian. Many of them were, were ministers with, with degrees in theology. So I, I don't think it's inconsistent. I don't think that it is uh, an uh, unchristian thing to do, to join a revolution, but man, it's just so late in time for another revolution. Things have changed so much. Revolutions, they're not fought with muskets anymore. It is, uh, it's a very different time in history to be even talking about that kind of thing. I, I still believe that the revolution that needs to take place is actual revival, an actual mass returning a biblical ethic um, nationally that, that that we need to come back to God, that we need right. to actually begin to proclaim his word again and win people to biblical thinking. That's the fight I'm called to, to stand um, for the truth of scripture, to change minds. I believe that our primary focus long before we decide to take up arms is I gotta change people's minds. I, I think when it comes to the point where um, 
the government has made it illegal to change minds. We're very close, Ken. And they persecute. And we come to that point, then, then maybe it's maybe it's time. But yeah. it's for me, at, at this season, I know what my call is to fight this fight, to win the argument, to change people's minds. And if we change enough minds, we can change this whole situation that we're in. Yeah. So, so I had a big discussion with a, a friend of mine this morning, very heated discussion, not heated at each other, just heated with the passion of what's going on. And I may have dropped a few four letter yeah. words during that. And <laughs> Lord, forgive me. You know, there is a very, there is a chance, right? That our nation is the next, you know, Babylon or the next nation, the last nation to have judgment exercised against right. it because we have fallen so far. And there's no, we, we literally, literally, Jay, we may actually already be being by our defeated by our enemies. Yeah. And what we're looking at right now is actually China conquering America. Is that yeah. possible? That is possible. Shouldn't happen to Israel. Yeah. yeah, that that is that, and that's what my concern is, and that's why I think maybe there, you know, again, I'm not saying I don't know God's will, just like you don't know God's will. We know what God likes to do, but I think that yeah. you know that what if God's plan is that you know there is a civil war to bring our country back to Him, right? I mean, we're never going to get the liberals to allow God back in the schools. We're never going to get the liberals to do now the best way would be a revival like you're talking about. That would be a bloodless thing. But there's only two ways to get people usually to Well no no. Go ahead. Let me let me tell you, it's not bloodless because usually it is it, it is um, oppression preceded by the blood of the martyrs. Yeah. Persecution. The 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 the, the spiritual revolution that took place in Europe to make America happen was not bloodless at all, but it was the, the blood of the faithful standing for what is true, no matter what it costs them. And I think that it was, it was the blood of 6 million Christians that ultimately conquered uh, Rome. It was the, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And sadly, I, I, I think that it may be, it, it's, it's right now, where China has persecuted Christianity more than any government on earth, yep. has the greatest number of Christians of any nation on earth, that, that they've advanced the cause of Christianity by their oppression. Funded by Christians in the U.S. Yeah. Right? True. And, you know, that <laughs> is, the, we sent them as, you know, sheep out into the wolves, you know, or, or sheep dogs mm -hmm. into the wolves to build on what we did, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the part that I think that people here are going to understand is that, you know, we, in order to get the mass turning back to God, it's going to be very painful. And whether it's persecution or a civil war or some other vehicle that I can't, that I haven't thought of, or you have the, you know, or, you know, a spontaneous revival, it is going to be very painful and just sitting on your couch and not doing anything. And, you know, it's going to cost you relationships at a minimum. Heck, being a Trump supporter already has, you know, it's cost me business. It's put me in financial jeopardy over and over and over and over and over. Um, it's cost mm -hmm. me friendships. It's cost me family members. And that's the same thing. And that's part of my walk in faith with Christ because it's not Trump. Trump is just a tool, right? Of to, to get 
the rights for the unborn, to keep freedom of religion, to keep all the things that we care about and we need to grow Christ, right? You know, and, and to do, to walk in the light with him and with persecution. I, I believe what you said, that that's how the civil rights movement happened again. It was with mm-hmm. the injustice being victim, watching dogs and fire hoses and beatdowns of people who did not resist at that time, right? That's what did that. Unfortunately, right now, the devil has moved the, the chains and changed the rules and the goalposts to such a point that we've been dehumanized now as Christians and as conservatives. We tolerate their existence, Ken, right? You know, and there's, you know, I remember reading through the Bible very recently, you know, and I'm just, this is just to add context, is... You know, you cannot tolerate a sorceress. You got to put a sorceress to death, and you know, right. and all these other words that you know, we'll get into those meanings some other times. But we have tolerated the godless and blasphemy, and you know, the 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 sacrifice of children and the unborn on the altar of darkness for so long that what does it look like for us to step out into the light with this? <laughs> you know, no, I'm with you. And it'll be just a few of us. It'll be a minority. You know, and we'll be branded as the crazies, and that's the the sad point there. So I'm going to wrap this up with one last thing here. Um, one uh, Another, uh, Chris said, can you speak on what you think about America not being mentioned in the book of Revelations? Yeah, the, the silence of, with regard to the Bible about our sort of empire is the kind of thing that we've all taken note of for for a long time if if we have any role in bible prophecy at all it's pretty minor when uh when there's an attempted invasion of israel by a russian you know iranian-led confederacy all indications are that the uh, uh sheba and dedan uh Tarshish, the young lions thereof, Tarshish being the British Isles, the young lions thereof, from Ezekiel 30, chapter 38, may be a reference to those younger nations that were born out of uh, the British Empire, like America. And all we're doing is words, you know, uh, issuing our condemnation, but not really being involved. Th- that has always meant one of two things. Either the nation collapses or, you know, it wanes in influence. We, we have been the most consequential nation on earth for two and a half centuries. That is changing rapidly as we continue to spiral down. The other option is that um, in the prophetic scenario, this, the thing that most of us who believe in the mass evacuation that is the rapture, I've long hoped that it's because a massive evacuation has taken place and uh, God has removed his ambassadors. And man, without the Christian influence of this nation, it would be um, it would be BLM running the country, you know, and it'd be Antifa yeah. coming to power. And, and that, that may happen. So you got two options. Either the nation disintegrates or is defeated and that's why we're not a significant player, or 
it's um, that the Christians have been taken. So we're in in league. Our nation would be otherwise in agreement with all the things that are going on worldwide. But one thing is clear: is the is you, the guy who wrote in the question has pointed out we we're not mentioned. Yeah. We don't have a significant role when those prophetic scenarios unfold that involve a revived Roman Empire, or even those biblical scenarios that involve an attempted invasion of Israel from the north, that whole Magog invasion, none of those things really have anything to do with us. So either we have been defeated or have shrunk in our influence, or, you know, our nation is in league with all of that. Or maybe we get called up to the rapture and <laughs> there is no America de, de descends into yeah. utter in Absolutely. Insanity. No salt, no light. Absolutely. We, we are Antifa could be running the country. Well, Ken, we, I definitely put you to the question today and I really appreciate you, you know, stepping up here and being bold and answering these questions. I think that, um, this is something that's really needed. You know, I was coming in here and talking about what we want to talk about, but I think there's so many questions from the, the people who are asking these questions of you are actually our core believers that I know of and they, just looking to, yeah. to shore up their faith and to deal with challenges that they have in their mind, which we all have, or at least I have. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so again, I thank you so much. I miss you so much, brother. Uh, I know I say that every yeah. time. And, um, you know, I miss you, Lauren. I miss Lauren's steak tips. Oh, yeah. We, well, we can't this, even find remember, steak we, tips here. We can't find oh, them in the man. store. They only only exist up north. I don't know why steak tips don't exist in the south. They only exist up up north. But uh, we're going to make sure that we get them ordered for when um, you and the missus come down and uh, get a little, little R&R down here. Good, Jay. Thanks. Bro. All right. Thanks a lot, brother. Thank you for all you do. Stay in the fight, and uh, we'll be praying for you. Man. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Patriot Crusader Mission, where Christian warriors are forged. Sponsored by Patriot Crusader Mission Patreon page. Join us and become the Christian warrior you are called to be. Thank you for standing shoulder to shoulder with us in today's spiritual vanguard on Christian Warrior Talk, presented by Christian Warrior Mission. As we've united in prayer, let's hold fast to the truth in Nehemiah 4.14. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Until next time, let's keep a humble and grateful heart, deliberately pursue our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and equip ourselves with the full armor of God. You're not walking this path alone. Lock shields with us, and together we will hold the line. May God bless you all.